Hi, my loves. Welcome back to What the F Am I Doing? It's your girl Alice here. And on this podcast, we talk about all things relational psychology. And I just wanted to clarify because I don't think I did in my previous episodes. When I talk about relational psychology, I talk about relationships. And I think most people think that when I say relationships, it means that we're talking about relationships with ourselves, with our family members and our friends. And that is true. Um, Also, of course, including our romantic relationships. But I also talk about relationships in terms of our um, relationships with stuff in our lives, like external stuff, like our jobs, our careers, our um, relationships we have with food, relationships that we have with body image. So really, when I say relational psychology, it encompasses everything, okay? (laughs) And then, of course, a dash of spirituality within the context of all of our topics here on this podcast. And lastly, I do want to remind you that this podcast is not about accuracy. Um, I'm just sharing my own personal experiences and what I've learned on my personal growth journey and I just really want to be here to serve as a way to empower and help other young women break through their own personal limitations, heal relational traumas, and of course ignite your personal power. So uh, this episode today is... I'm just gonna give you guys a quick emphasis on the fact that it is going to be a very very loaded episode. It's definitely not going to be for everyone um, because I think that spirituality um, is definitely not for everyone. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, then you might already be on your own personal spiritual journey or you might just be curious about what the spiritual journey really looks like in relation to relationships. So this is pretty much what this episode is really going to be about. Um, I'm really going to talk about how becoming spiritually awakened has really changed the dynamics of my relationships um, in all the relationships in my life. And um, I'm also going to talk about what a spiritual awakening is for those that may not know. We're also going to go through what happens when you go through a spiritual awakening and kind of how my life transformed as I went through my spiritual awakening. And then, of course, I'm also going to touch on, you know, what kinds of ways you can become spiritually awakened. Now, again, these are just my personal understanding of what spiritual awakening is. Um, Everybody has their own definition, and I'm not here to say that my definition is the right one. Um, You take what you think serves you, and let's get started. So first off, let's just define what a spiritual awakening is. A spiritual awakening is different for everyone. And, you know, I honestly kind of wanted to take the word spiritual out of this context because I think if you're not in the spiritual community or you have really no understanding of what spirituality is, you might feel um, kind of uncomfortable talking about spirituality or listening to a podcast about spirituality. And when I say spirituality, I'm not talking about religion, okay? That's a completely separate thing. And um, spirituality for me is is more about the connection with yourself and with the world around you. And of course, with 
something higher and above you that is untangible and that you can't see. What a spiritual awakening to me is a reversal process. It's not becoming enlightened in the sense that you know you seem to know the world around you much better and you seem to kind of see through all the illusions of everything that's that could be part of it but the spiritual awakening i'm talking about is a reversal process where you undo all the pathology of being separate from the world around you which really just means that you start to see how everything becomes connected And you no longer are really separate from the world or from the people you think you are separate from. It's noticing the duality that is life, how there's always a yin and yang, black and white, um, two sides of a coin to everything, and how everything really comes back to itself within this really, really seamless connection. And this connection is kind of threaded through all things in life and everything really when you take a step back becomes connected in some sort of unique and untangible way and when you become spiritually awakened you see it you see it very clearly now whereas before you feel very very separate and disconnected from everything and everyone around you it's seeing yourself um, and realizing that You aren't just your physical body. You aren't just what you think in your head. You aren't just this human being on this planet. You are so much more than that. And there is so much unrealized power within you. And that is what a spiritual awakening is. And I went through my own spiritual awakening um, three and a half. (laughs) You know, honestly, I'm not really even sure what the timeline is anymore. But I think it was around three and a half years ago when I went through my own spiritual awakening while I was in a kind of on and off relationship with my ex-partner at the time. And so the next thing I want to talk about is what happens when you go through a spiritual awakening. Um, If you don't know anyone that has gone through this sort of awakened state, you might be curious about it. And I kind of want to give you guys like a really, really simplified version of it. Obviously, a spiritual awakening really is different for everybody. Um, It depends on where you are in your life and how much you already know and understand yourself and the people around you, um, how you experience life, what kind of experiences you've had before in your life. Um, But I'm going to say for I think for most people what happens when you go through a spiritual awakening is that you start to elevate your mind where you kind of function at a higher mental state and it's not to say that you become smarter or that you just seem to know it all which is definitely not the case for me but when you start I guess, using your brain to its fullest capacity or when you try to um, tweak your brain, (laughs) it's so hard to explain really, Um, you start to live your life in a more fulfilling and exhilarating and of course more meaningful way and this could be good and bad, right? And when I say good and bad, of course, like I try not to judge every experience as good or bad but I have to use these words 
because they're in the English language and the, this is the easiest way I can communicate and help you understand what I'm talking about. But when you start to experience this um, internal shift, when you go through a spiritual awakening, you just start to feel very strongly about everything. And you have this deep impulse to want to find not only find meaning but see the meaning of everything and its purpose in everything and how really everything comes together in it's it's kind of like this there's this perfection in chaos um, that you start to experience and through all the chaos which is of course life you begin to notice all the like hidden gems and the golden nuggets. And so what happens to a lot of people when they go through a spiritual awakening is that once you have your foot in the door, it's like you go down a rabbit hole and you kind of don't come back out of it. And that's just to say that once I became spiritually awakened, honestly, I don't even have to use the word spiritually. I could just say I once I became awakened, my life completely changed. And it's for the better and for the worse. It just depends on what your intentions are and um, how you feel connected to yourself and with the world around you. Now, it's hard to become spiritually awakened when you have been so disconnected with your life. And I guess this kind of relates to one of my other episodes. I think it was the second episode where I talk about consciousness is that spiritual awakening and becoming awakened is not really, uh, in some senses, you you have control over it and how you become awakened or when you become awakened. But, but there's also a lot of nuance to that to say that spiritual awakening sometimes does happen out of the blue and when you least expect it and it's very hard to go through a spiritual awakening um, if you're trying to seek it out Uh, which is really odd because everybody I, I personally believe that everybody on the planet will become spiritually awakened one way or another but at a different to a different degree and in different points in their life um, you might even be going through a spiritual awakening right now and you may not even know it which is why this episode is here to serve as a guide or just a, uh, an example to show you like you know what can you expect out of this journey Now, before I dive into some of the things that I noticed in my life that has really changed and shifted my experience with my relationships with the people around me and the relationship I have with myself, I do want to mention the different types of way you can become awakened. And this is the three different ways that I'm going to really break down here is a... It's from a book that I actually read um, that I just finished and it's by Steve Taylor. It's called The Leap, The Psychology of Spiritual Awakening. And there are three ways that he says that we can become awakened. The first is, of course, natural awakening. Natural awakening is simply by waking up as you are uh, going about in your day-to-day life. It's, it's considered a normal 
awakening, right? And not a lot of people actually awaken naturally. Um, there's, if you look at, I guess, the whole world, there's probably like 2% chance of regular people just naturally awakening. And you find it most often in individuals who were dated back in history, like when times were not as complex as it was today. And then there's awakening by graduation. So it's a gradual process of awakening through a very long, extensive period of time. So you slowly become more awakened. And usually it's a result of, you know, some sort of spiritual practice that you've been doing or if you have a community that is very, very tuned into nature and the world at large. And the last form of awakening that can happen is I I think probably happens more often than not. And it's one that I went through. This is how I became awakened. And it's through intense psychological turmoil. That's what he had coined it. And I fully agree with this. Most people become awakened because they have been living in a state of dissatisfaction and unhappiness for so long in their life that they reach kind of like a turning point where you either choose to die or you choose to kind of create a shift or change in your life in some sort of long-lasting way. And that's pretty much what I went through. And although I don't want to get into the whole backstory of that because it might take way too long and I'm pretty sure you don't have the intention span (laughs) to listen to a podcast that long. But I do really, really, really quickly want to say that, yeah, there was a moment in time when I was super upset about where my life was and feeling just so helpless and out of control in my life. And that one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I started contemplating on what it meant to me. Like, what did I mean to myself and what did my life mean to me? And in that split second, I had two choices. I remember I remember it vividly. I had two choices that I gave myself. It was one, either wallow in my sorrow and never come out of it and become clinically depressed or um, do something about it and create a life that I actually want and that I actually will feel fulfilled and happy in. And that split second decision obviously was the beginning of a long, long journey. But I'm so grateful that I did have that moment because if it wasn't for that moment, I don't know if I could be sitting here recording a podcast. Um and sharing my my experience in this conversation with you guys. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that I've noticed in my life that's completely shifted for me in my experience with not only myself, but with everyone around me. And 
just going to preface this by saying there are 25 points. <laughs> so if you can't stay through the whole 25 points, it's all good. You don't have to finish this podcast. You can even step away after you hear a few points and then come back to it if you want. Um, but I, I just really wanted to create this, I guess, in-depth explanation because you know, when I was starting my healing journey, I was really curious about what really happens to people when they become awakened. And I felt like there was never this one place where I could go to to really hear it all. And this is this is all. This is all that I'm going to share. So the first point is that no one will ever understand your internal suffering, no matter how hard you try to explain yourself to others, no matter how hard you want others to validate your experience and empathize with you. It just, if they're not in your shoes and they have never experienced life in your shoes, you will never be able to clarify to others what your experience feels like. And therefore, you should try less and less to hope and gain validation or approval from others. This is this was a hard lesson I had to learn because I remember in the beginning of my awakening, I was I was starting to shift internally and I think the people around me started to notice it too. But they didn't understand where it was coming from. And I, I was trying to explain to them that I just, I have never been happy or I feel like I have in moments of my life, but I've never been really, really happy. And it's only gone worse as I've grown up. And, you know, I was in this really, really depressive state where I felt like all was lost and there was no hope, no point. And really apathy was my everyday emotion. And I I really honestly couldn't there was a point where I couldn't feel anything anymore the sadness was so sad that it just it went above and beyond how much I could feel and I really wanted to try and explain to people how I was feeling because I needed help which is why I sought out you know guidance counselors and coaches and none of that helped me Um, at least not in the traditional sense that normal counselors or therapists could could do anything about it. Um, everything was too, uh, I'm going to say by the books. Every Everything was too academic and that was not something that could help me work through it. And so there became, there, there became this point in my personal evolution where I realized that like, although I'm grateful for all the people that were there trying to support me in the beginning stages of me slowly awakening um at the end of the day no one knows what you're going through and they won't even if they wanted to help you they won't know what you're going through and you can only the english language like you can only describe as much as you can but until that person actually um lives in a day in your life they will not be under be able to understand or validate your current experience all right moving on to number two it is very, very lonely. This experience of awakening is very lonely because you'll start to feel like the people around you can no longer relate to you. And I think it's part of the esoteric um, dynamic of the conversation. That's what really 
cuts people off from understanding what you're going through and and how they can relate to you and that's that's not their fault at all right um but you have to realize that when you become awakened and you're on a path of awakening it can be a very very lonely journey and it's it's a really weird thing because you're lonely but you're lonely not in a really sad and depressed I mean there are definitely moments where I was lonely and I was sad and depressed but it's not the same type of loneliness as in you know there's something going on and you know that people can't help you through it but you're still willing and choosing to go through it either way even though the experience itself is really lonely and it's so I don't know it's just so interesting when I think about it and um, that's something you definitely have to look out for some people can get really entrapped in that loneliness and can't see their way out of it I'm really lucky that even though I didn't really have anyone around me that understood what kind of experience I was going through um, I had the help of the internet and of course some of the really really powerful online spiritual gurus that really helped me understand what I was going through and put it into perspective that although I feel lonely I'm really not alone at all and there's simultaneously so many people in the world that are going through it at the same time in different experiences and number three is that you no longer understand yourself and you become so confused to the point where you almost feel like you died and I think that's that's a common experience that most people go through when they do go through an awakening because when you go through an awakening you are pretty much undoing everything that you know about yourself and you're questioning and being curious about all the things that you once thought you were and how other people you know maybe perceived you as and so there's almost this like dying process where the old version of you dies and this new version of you is slowly being built up and because this new version of you is so different from your old self you no longer recognize her and you can no longer relate and understand her in the way that you used to with your own mindset with your old mindset and so you have to expect that when you become spiritually awakened or when you're on the path of spiritual awakening there is certain points where you will start to feel like you don't understand yourself at all and you feel more confused than you ever were before you stepped into spirituality but just know that this is normal and this is natural and that it's just your new self is birthing through you and that's and that's why your old self needs to die. It's kind of like a rebirth. And um, I think there was a term. I'm not sure if this is a um, mental health term. But I know in spirituality we call it the dark night of the soul. Which is like something so, so bad and troubling happens to you. It's like something so traumatic that happens to you internally that 
you cannot longer you can no longer cope with all your old coping mechanisms and you kind of kind of crumble and die from that self and you rebuild and you rise up through a new version of you and that's kind of what I went through um and so like if you go online if you search up dark night of the soul I think there's a better definition or explanation of it I could have it completely wrong but I understand from what I understand is like I did go through the dark night of the soul and I came out of it through my spiritual awakening all right let's see and number four you go through waves of super elated happy and then like happy emotions and then you get so depressed at times and your emotions really are very very unstable um you feel a lot of just waves of good and bad all the time and there is no sense of control with that right so when you think about right now like in your day-to-day life like if you're upset and or if you're happy somehow you can kind of somewhat control it like for example if i'm feeling upset i can if I really want to like let myself dwell in that sadness, I can actually control myself and push myself further down the hole, right? But when you're going through a spiritual awakening where you become spiritually awakened, um, there is a process of not being able to control your emotions. There would be times where I would just cry for no freaking reason. Well, I say maybe I say like from a surface level that there was no reason for me to cry but internally there was a lot of things going on which created that need to release my emotions through crying and so that's something you really have to expect is like as much as you want to try and control your emotions when you're going through a spiritual awakening or on the path of spirituality sometimes your emotions are they're not something you can control and most of the times you can't and you will have to expect this kind of roller coaster ride of emotions from time to time and although it's un- very unsettling um just know that you're on the right track like you are and it's normal and it's a, it's, it's going to be okay and there will be a point where not that you can better control your emotions but there will be a point where that kind of teeters off and you won't feel that huge flux of emotions again or at least so consistently number five you start to notice oh gosh this one's a big one you start to notice all the dysfunction and toxicity around you and you become super aware of the dysfunction the social conditionings the patriarchal control and your emotions you just become super hypersensitive and I remember this one time I was um, in downtown Vancouver and there was this rally or some sort of protest going on and I don't remember what the movement was for but when you become so in tune with yourself and you see all the pain and the hurt that people go through in this dysfunctional world that we live in you really feel so much for them and I remember standing there like I wasn't even a part of it and I was just seeing them cry out loud for their for their um just dissatisfaction with the world and I couldn't help but tear up and 
I had no connection with whatever message they were talking about, but I just, I felt the pain and the suffering. And it, when you go through a spiritual awakening, it just makes you realize how much the world is so fucked up and how much people are so fucked up. And it's not to say that it's the fault of any like specific person or community or culture but it's just this is what earth is all about earth is a huge lesson and all this dysfunction and all this toxicity are lessons are lessons for us to come back to ourselves and um in a way the toxicity and the dysfunction serves a purpose and that purpose is always to get back to ourselves and to understand that really we're all connected in some way and that as much as we try to say to ourselves that we're not a part of this dysfunction, we totally are and we're just so much of the time unconscious of it and you know, you, you get conditioned from when you were a child. So, and your parents, they get conditioned when they were a child by their parents. It's just a never ending cycle. And until you step into spirituality and really go through the process of awakening, I, it's very hard for you to notice it. And even if you do notice it, it's hard for you to do anything about it. And that's part of the reason why I want to create this podcast because I want to shine light on it and I want to bring it into awareness. I want people to kind of not be able to step away from this dysfunction, but be able to see it for what it is and take their power back and not let it control you. Because at the end of the day, a lot of our suffering comes from feeling like we're out of control and that we have no say in our lives and what we choose in our lives. Um, okay, moving on. Number six, you start to want to be alone all the time and you just, there is no wanting to socialize. I mean, I mean, you do socialize here and there and it's, it's, it's healthy to socialize and it's good to keep a good community and friends around you. But when you go through a spiritual awakening, I think the part about not wanting to hang out with people anymore is because there's just so much going on internally within yourself that it's almost too much like it's too much to hold space for other people so you can only hold space for yourself and and that's why you tend to want to isolate yourselves a little more and you also start to purge out a lot of people that you realize that are not good for you in your life I was, before my awakening, I was hanging around a group of people that they were fun to hang out with, but they were so unhealthy for me. And they were very toxic people. And, you know, I empathize for them now because I don't know if they see through their own toxicity. I'm sure I was a toxic person before too, but you just don't have the bandwidth for that anymore. And Although I was lonely and I feel alone, but I would rather be alone than be with a group of people that were not good for me, you know? And that's what tends to happen when you go through a spiritual awakening is that although you understand the importance of community, you start to want to gravitate only towards yourself because that is the only place where you can see the truth because everything else and everyone else just becomes almost like an illusion and in the worst place possible, if I can say that. Yeah. Anyways, 
Number seven, you feel tired. You feel tired, not only emotionally, but mentally and physically. Your body, your body is going through so much when you're going through a spiritual awakening. It's, it almost, it's weird because you feel like you're tired all the time. And it's not that your body is sore or like your heart hurts or like your head hurts, but you just feel this undercurrent of tiredness and you tend to sleep a lot you tend to drift off a lot and that's just because your body can't it it has trouble processing all of these things and even though these are things are a lot of them a lot of the times they're untangible but you are experiencing it in real time and so naturally you will feel tired and it's it's definitely normal it's not something you have to be worried about and you will come out of it at the end Number eight, you become eager to share what you're experiencing and learning with others. And what do you know? This is exactly what I'm doing right now. (laughs) So this eagerness comes from... So we have to be careful with eagerness about wanting to share our experiences and teaching others and sharing with others what we're going through because there is a lot of toxic ego-driven spirituality in the spiritual space right now and I mean I had someone comment to me on my TikTok on my spiritual account they said that uh what I was posting was misinformation and blah 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 and they pretty much they were saying that they knew what they were talking about and I didn't and I have to say in spirituality again there is no right and wrong like everybody's experiences are it's so, so different. And I, I'm i just sharing what I experience. And if it resonates, then you know you're not like, you're not going through it alone. And that's really the, the intention to sharing and helping each other out is just to like help others feel assured to know that they're not going through this alone. So I... I this was something that I had to be like really think about and be careful of because I'm not here trying to say that I'm a teacher and that I know it all and that what like everything you learn here is the other the the truth of everything and that there is no there's this is the only way and there's no wrong way of doing this but um I just have to say like I think it's because through the process of spiritual awakening, you just learn to see through so much bullshit that you can't help but want to share it with others for the best of intentions. Like, I (laughs) remember when I was with my ex at the time, like, I was trying to get him to see what I was seeing so badly. And I was like, how do you not see this? And there was a point where I was getting really toxic and I was like, if he can't see it, then clearly, like, there's something wrong with him. But that's not the truth. Um, Everybody is on their own timeline. Everybody experiences their own understanding and, I guess, conscious awareness about certain things in their own lives in their own timeline. And so, although I'm eager to share with you guys what I've learned now so far on my own personal journey, um, I also want you to know that there, 
like you you take it for what it is and whatever serves you whatever helps you in your life use it and understand it but if it has if you don't find value in it you don't have to listen to it you don't have to prescribe to it you don't have to see it right like um sharing is caring (laughs) at the end of the day sharing is caring and if you don't want it it's all good I won't get offended and you can move on with your life. Um, But if you get something great out of this, like it's a win-win for the both of us, right? Okay, moving on. Number nine, you start to become really hypervigilant with your internal dialogue and you start to see all the limitations that you experience in your life that you've been conditioned to limit yourself in or... um, you, you, you start to see the limitations you put on yourself. When I say you become hypervigilant, it is like, I'm in my head 24-7. Um, I'm noticing all, all of my internal dialogue. And the great thing about this is that when you become so in tuned and so hypervigilant with your internal dialogue, you are less prone to be stuck in a certain mindset about a certain issue or about a certain problem. And it's like, it's like, for example, um, what should I say? How should I say this? Like when I'm unhappy, uh, and I, I hear all the internal dialogue in my, my mind go like, Oh, well, you're unhappy because well, you're not making. OK, so money is a huge problem for me. Right. Like everybody knows this about me. It's like I have a lack mentality about money. I don't have a good relationship with money. And so my internal dialogue, like if I go shopping and I see something really nice and I know I can't afford it, I beat myself up to the ground about it. And I start going through all the internal dialogue sounds like you should have worked harder in school. You should have figured out what you wanted to do in school so that you would get a degree in something that actually would benefit you in the long run in terms of finding a career and figuring out what you want. But because you didn't take school seriously, look at where you are now. You're measly, blah, blah, blah right and the the internal dialogue is just one of complete shame guilt blame all of it but when you become spiritually awakened where when you're on your path of spiritual awakening you start to notice these internal dialogues and that you see it so clearly that you can't ignore it anymore whereas before maybe you you would hear it and you kind of would just dwell in it and it would just go further and further down the line but now you can actually just like hear it and just observe and notice it. Or like if you have any sort of personal limitations where um, maybe you want to get, you you want to start something new, right? Like me, I want to start a podcast and maybe my personal limitation is like, I don't think I'm a good speaker. I feel like I'm really bad at explaining things and people won't really understand what I'm trying to say. These are all my own personal limitations, either from some, maybe someone in the past once said to me, oh, Alice, you're not, you're not the best speaker and maybe you shouldn't go in front of everyone and start speaking, right? Like these personal limitations, they're constantly in your mind. And when you are not awakened, so to speak, or when you don't have the consciousness or awareness to notice it, 
you kind of play into that truth and you kind of realize it in your life and it's almost like a like what you believe is what comes true right so when you become hyper vigilant with your internal dialogue and you notice your own personal limitations it's so much easier to break through it because you can now find ways to navigate out of it and break those internal dialogues and say to yourself, okay, maybe I once thought this to be true or maybe some time ago someone said this about me and I and I took it on myself and said, yeah, that's true. But wait, I can actually do something about that now because I'm not, I, I choose not to be tied to my past. I choose to stand in a different perspective and see myself differently and I choose to transcend my limitations. And so that's the like one of the really great things about going on a spiritual journey and walking the path of awakening is like you don't just accept things for what they used to be anymore like the things that you really didn't like and you learn to accept um all the things that you could be and it just it just gives you so much more hope and faith in not only yourself but what wonders this world has to offer. Right, number 10. I think I'm going to start keeping these um, points much shorter and not go explain it, like not explain myself a little too much because this is going to be a really, really long podcast. We're already at 41 minutes. Oh my God. Okay, next. Oh shoot, I lost my... um, Oh, okay, okay. Okay, next is you crave connection and you start looking for like-minded people. That's to say like with most things, it's natural for this to happen is like when you start to notice like yourself changing and, and you know that there are people in the world that are changing kind of similar in the way that you are, you want connection with those type of people. You want connection with like my, like-minded people. And for me, my one of my biggest struggles, honestly, when I was going through a spiritual awakening was I felt so alone because I didn't have anyone in my life at the time who understood what a spiritual awakening was or what spirituality was really even all about. People had had pre- preconceived notions about what it was, but nobody actually understood what the experience was like. And, and so nobody could really relate to me. And so I started a TikTok um, account just talking about my own personal experience so I could connect with other people around the world that was also going through a spiritual awakening it was it was just so nice to know that I wasn't alone on this journey and that other people could relate and not only relate but other people were going through their own personal evolutions and it was really great to be able to kind of root for other people and help each other through this process because it's honestly so hard when you're doing it on your own and you grow so much more as a person when you can do it with other people and other people of course grows with grows with you as well um the next one is you start straying away from social media because you no longer want to absorb that type of content now when i say that type of content i think we can all say that there is a level of um obviously comparison and shallowness to social media and I'm not too like I love social media okay don't get me wrong I love that shit and 
although I'm on, I'm on a, by the way, I'm on a one year social media cleanse right now for those that are wondering. <laughs> um, oh shit. My, um, my computer's running out of battery. Give me one second. I'm just going to like plug it in real quick. Wow, talk 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 about un- being unprepared. Anyways, um, what was I talking about again? All oh, right, social media. So I think what happens when you're um, when you get into spirituality is like you see why you're so fucked up because of social media, which is why you don't want to expose yourself to more of that type of content and not to say that all social media content is bad but there is a certain level of surface levelness in social media that you're just not okay with and I mean I don't have any judgment for anyone who still uses social media like there is so much shit on there that is so entertaining and fun and interesting to look at but honestly I think because when you're going through a spiritual awakening there's already so much going through you internally like you just don't have the capacity to contain more and social media is a big can of worms in itself so you just tend to want to stray away from it number 13 it kind of relates to this previous point that i was making which is that you start to notice your ego stories very clearly and intensely and Everything that you say to yourself internally kind of gets turned up to a thousand. So you almost can't shut it out anymore. Like the things that you used to say to yourself that maybe you believed were true, you hear it so clearly now that you're like, oh God, I can't believe I actually thought of that about myself, you know? And that's that's one thing that definitely does happen when you're uh, slowly becoming awakened and you're starting to get in tune with yourself. And I... I think I lost my count, but I think I'm on number 14 or 15. Anyways, um, you start to notice that you become more creative. There's this creative aspect about yourself that maybe you never realized you had. And for me, this was the, one of the most obvious things because I, I'm, if you know me at all, you know that I'm not a very creative person. And I, and I always say that about myself, but I really need to stop saying that because creativity is so different for everybody. And as much as I say that I'm not a creative person, I am a creative person. I just didn't know what kind of creativity I was, I, I was good at. And for me, creativity is all about verbal expression. And that's why I'm starting a podcast. I love talking and this is my creative outlet. And so when you become spiritually awakened or when you're on the path of spiritual awakening, this is part of it. Like you start to notice different parts of yourself that you may never have realized that you were actually good at or that was part of you that you really loved. And this is the new part of me that I'm starting to really love is like learning to use my voice and not be afraid to speak up and speak out loud and you know say the things that I want to with the world and how others perceive it is none of my business Um, as long as I get to speak my truth that's all I'm asking for Um, number 15 is that you make room for everything and This, I think, is probably something that you may have noticed throughout the theme of my podcast, which is to say that um, a lot of things I take neutrally now 
And even though my ego voice does always want me to label or judge something as good or bad, right or wrong, yes or no, um, a lot of it is nuanced. And I no longer, like I can really, I can truly say for myself that I am so good at learning to see everything for what it is and for the perspective and contrast between two things. So for example, um, I, I may have an argument with someone and I may truly feel that what I say is more right than whatever the other person has to say. But the, this new version of me who is more spiritually aligned now, I can really not only just see for, see the situation for what it is, but also realize that like my truth and their truth, they're both truths. And although I may not be able to understand what they're saying and I may not be able to relate to what they're saying, it does not invalidate their version of their own truth in their reality. And so you start to really learn to begin to not only see two sides of the coin, but you you can learn to stand in a neutral position and observe and really appreciate both sides to the coin. Because I think when... Like, you know how when they say, like, um, like when someone is smart, you're like, oh, they're smart because they know so much about that and they're right. But to me, that's no longer the truth. I think when someone is smart is the fact that, like, they they understand something to its to its fullest potential, but they can also observe and understand what is the complete opposite of it. And I think that's so important when it comes to um, learning to see and perceive the world around you in a, in a more spiritual lens is that you really learn to see everything for, um, for what it is rather than trying to label it or contain it and judge it to be um, right or wrong in, in any sort of way. Number 17 is that um, what once triggered you still triggers you, but it just triggers you in a different way where you are actually now able to take accountability and kind of look into that trigger because you just, the trigger is now more so a lesson than it is really a trigger. And I say this because I have this thing where I hate it when people are late, okay? I hate it when people, excuse me, I hate it when people are late and that's because my parents have always been late to everything and especially concerts and there was a while when when we were young, when my sister and I were younger where my parents would take us to like all these like musical concerts and stuff and we would always be the last people to get through the door or we would like come into the concert like five minutes after it started and obviously everybody in the room starts like staring at you and they're judging you and they're like well why is this person late how rude of them the concert started five minutes ago and so I have this thing where I get really 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 triggered by people not being on time but I've now been able to kind of like look at that trigger and be like okay well what is it about people being on time that I'm labeling them as like, what is it about people being late that I hate so much? And I realized that I hate I hate it when people are late because 
when people are late, my automatic conditioned ego voice is telling me this person doesn't respect me. This person doesn't respect my time. This person has no agent, like they're, they have no agency within themselves to make sure they get on time or like they don't care about it. They don't care about me enough to be on time. Um, all these other things. And that's why I get triggered. But can I learn to take a step back and look at the fact that these are all judgments, judgments about the other person and also really at the end of the day, judgments about myself. I never let myself be late for anything because if I am late to something, I am perceiving myself and judging myself as that person that doesn't care and doesn't give a shit. And that's just not the truth. So that so now when I like when people are late for things like, yes, I still like this. The trigger still shows up, but I can now see it more compassionately and curiously Whereas before I would just see it and I would get mad and I would get angry and I would label the person as good or bad and I would take it really, really personally. Number 18, you start to become really, really curious and honest with everything and you no longer blame anyone for anything. And that's, that is my life right now. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get mad. I there there's still things that I'm not happy with in my life, but I can see everything in my life now with so much more intention in terms of wanting to understand why it is the way it is rather than just seeing it as it is and calling it the end of the day, you know? Um, And I think that's part of the spiritual journey is that you just, you just want to know more. Um, And it's, And the more is not something that is based off of what people tell you, but it's, it's about how you experience something. So for example, like if I'm feeling sad, um, I don't just point the finger at whoever made me feel sad and be like, oh, you're the one that made me feel sad. Hence why I'm sad. I look at my sadness and I go, why am I sad? What is it about this situation what this person has done that has made me feel sad and when was it the first when was when did I feel or how does this event relate to something in my past where I felt the same kind of sadness right so I get really really honest with myself and that is that is honestly a really really good skill to have is like when you can learn to not just blame things anymore and really take accountability and get really honest with yourself and just dig a little deeper really it's all about digging a little bit deeper and accepting not not just accepting for whatever happens but realizing that something some things that happen in life they're not always because someone is right or wrong but it's just because how things unfolded and where your own personal limitations are that kind of blind you from seeing the truth of things okay so we're almost we're almost at the end just give me a few more points okay um number number 20 I think we're on number 20 honestly I'm just like I don't even know which number I'm at anymore um number 19 is the saying life happens for you not to you starts really resonating (laughs) So when I first started my spiritual journey, I freaking hated that phrase. 
life happens for you not to you i could not relate to this phrase whatsoever and anytime i heard it on any sort of podcast or spiritual like guru talk about it like i would just roll my eyes because i would think well it's easy for you to say because you have your life all figured out and your life is good and so of course you feel like life happens for you and not to you but when you're in this shitty mess and you feel like your life is a complete like downward spiral you just won't relate to it and it's fine if you don't relate to it but when you start doing this internal work you really really start to notice and realize that like all the things that happen in your life for better or for worse they happen for they always happen for a reason for a bigger reason that maybe from your perspective you cannot understand or see in the moment but in the grand scheme of things and most of the time in hindsight you see now why it had to happen and it's so amazing and it's so magical how that in itself is such a thing like I guess like you don't know it until you have the conscious awareness to see it and that's something that I find found was so beautiful in this journey is like I can really relate to that saying now that life happens for you and not to you. And as much as you think that life is happening to you and that you're the victim of your life, you are not. And you have so much more power than you can imagine. And I'm here to help you find that power back. Number 20 is that everything becomes practice. Everything becomes an adventure and trial and error. And you just, you just try your best to navigate it. And I guess like all the things that don't go my way yeah like it still upsets me when things don't go my way but I see it more now like as a way to practice my own understanding of about the situation about more about myself and about how life works and when you start to get really really good at this you don't even think of it as lessons anymore. You think of it as like mini adventures that you go on every day. Every day is a brand new day. You don't know what's going to happen ahead. Even though your mind and your ego mind tells you and it projects into your future what you think tomorrow will be like, you really don't know what tomorrow will be like. And you can always change your tomorrow by doing and choosing something different. So, um, yeah, you start, you really just start to understand the fact that every day is really a mini adventure in itself and you get to decide what kind of adventure you want. And although there are going to be challenges and obstacles in your adventure, um, you are the creator of your, you are the creator of your story and you get to decide how it ends every single day. Number 23, you have a higher level of compassion and empathy for all humans and things in the world. And wow, this is this is something that I still struggle with um, because I'm o- I've always been a really empathetic person and I could always I always knew that I could feel more than what normal people felt for other people. And it's like I used to think it was a curse because I'm like, why do I feel so much? Like, it, it's so annoying to be so sensitive to everything and everyone. And it's honestly really, really draining at times. But at the same time, I think it's also my superpower where um, when you can become more compassionate, not only with yourself, but with other people and have empathy for yourself and other people, 
and even things like inanimate objects really um you start to appreciate life and the living being like you start appreciate everything so much more and you also begin to see so much more love in this world whereas before all i saw was just hate and anger and sadness and suffering and it's crazy how your level of awareness and obviously your consciousness has a huge part in all of this and that's really what the spiritual journey is really about is just like becoming more in tune with yourself in your own personal awareness and number 24 is that you are no longer embarrassed about your past and about who you are and you start to love yourself really unconditionally and this is going to be a whole another episode about like self-love and self-care and what that actually looks like but I, I do have to say that like when you go through a spiritual awakening the type of self-acceptance and self-love you have for yourself is no longer the same as what social media tells you self like what self-love looks like and I mean I'm still I'm still um, working on it there's definitely still parts of me where I'm not proud of or that I think that I could do better at but in general I can I definitely am more accepting of myself today than I was before I started my spiritual journey and it has a lot to do with yeah like being compassionate with yourself and empathizing with your own experiences and what you've gone through and all the hard, hard stuff you had to go through to get to where you are today. And then the last point, ladies and gentlemen, is when you used to be interested and satisfied with certain things that make you feel safe and belonging and in control, you no longer want any of those things. And you might not understand what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to give you an example. I I used to think that if I worked out hard enough and if I got that perfect ass to boob ratio <laughs> to waist ratio, then I would love myself. Then I would feel super sexy and I would feel invincible and every guy in the fucking world would love me and I would never have to try so hard in life anymore because things would just somehow come easily to me because I'm attractive and I'm perfect in that physical way. I used to chase that. I used to chase the idea of that and I drilled myself to the ground going to the gym every day trying to get that body, that perfect body. And, you know, I've had so many people in my life tell me, like, your body is already so good. Like, I don't know why you need to work out so hard. You're, like, perfectly fine. And, like, maybe you're not perfect in the sense that, like, social media thinks is perfect. But you've got a good body. And the most important thing is you're healthy. And I didn't give a shit about what anybody has to say. Like, I didn't, be- I did not believe that. Anytime I looked in the mirror, I saw a flat ass. Anytime I looked in the mirror, I saw, like like rolls of belly and it just irked me to the core and I was so ashamed and I I was just I hated the fact that I felt this way about myself but as soon as I started doing the internal work and as soon as I got onto the path of spirituality like I started to notice like geez like I didn't take one second to look at myself in the mirror and to thank my body for being able to 
like really go through all that pain of like working out and stressing my body out every single day and never really learn to realize and appreciate that my body does so much for me without me realizing it on a normal basis like I am breathing right now and I don't have to actually think about breathing and I'm naturally breathing um I can walk I can talk I can dance I can sing I can do so much with my body that I have been taking advantage of it all this time and I've never really fully said thank you to her. And so it's it's just like finding, it's like realizing that like the things that I used to feel satisfied in, I'm not satisfied in anymore because I feel so much more appreciation in a different perspective of looking at it. And that's just like this. This is just one small example, right? It could be really anything. Um, so yeah, my ad- identity was tied to my physical appearance, and now it's. I'm still working on it. Like it doesn't mean that I don't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> like I can still go to the gym and love myself the same way, but I go to the gym with so much more intention now that I'm not just going there to try and look sexy and pretty and make sure that I look like all those social media girl social media girls but I go to the gym now because I realize that when I'm pushing myself on a daily basis in this way I'm really saying yes I can do it I can push through any obstacle that I have in my life and I can overcome my challenges but not only that at the end of my workouts when I'm on the stairmaster and dripping in sweat I'm saying thank you each step of the way saying thank you to my body for being so strong and persevering and really having that resiliency to like push through and do all this tough stuff oh okay that was a doozy and if you're still listening girl props to you I'm so grateful for your support and for listening through all of this um <laughs> damn this is a little long ass episode we're already at an hour and five minutes at least now we know all that I can really really talk and just let me take a sip of water real quick so let's just quickly recap what we talked about in this episode obviously I'm not going to list out another 25 points about what we just talked about but in brief A spiritual awakening is really about undoing everything that you've been conditioned to understand and know about yourself and your life and your world. And awakenings can feel good. They can also feel bad. Good in a bad, like, labelized way. But what I'm really trying to say is that there's always going to be two sides of one coin, right? So you take the experience as it is for how you want to make it. You can either drill yourself to the ground and think that your awakening is the worst thing that could have happened to you or you can really choose to see all the little golden nuggets that come out of awakening if you're not in the process of awakening yet there are three different types of ways you can become awakened there's the naturally occurring awakened state there's also the practice of developing to become an awake to become awakened and then of course there's this extended psychological trauma that happens at kind of causes you to awaken which is how most people tend to awaken um to tie everything off i do want to challenge you this week 
And it's not so much of a challenge, but more so I want you to start getting curious with yourself. Um, in, in the next few days, I would really hope that you can, you know, start to journal. Like, you don't have to keep an actual journal journal, but I mean, like, you can even just use your phone and jot down some things that you notice throughout your day or even throughout your week that has really triggered you. And I want you to note all your triggers down on that piece of paper or your cell phone. I wanted, I want you to start keeping track of all the things that trigger you in your day-to-day life. And I want you to notice what is it about that trigger that bothers you so much. And if maybe you're not a person that gets triggered very, very easily, I want you to start to notice and keep track of all the things that you're currently unsatisfied about in your life right now. These things that you're unsatisfied may be a repetition of things. Maybe it's a thing that just comes up and shows up in your day every single day and you can't seem to let it go away. I want you to notice those things and I want you to write it down. And sometimes it's hard to see it for what it is, but this is the transformation work that we want to do is we want to get really, really honest and unafraid to look at the things that maybe scare us or maybe make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. And the point of this exercise really is just to show yourself um, all the things that goes on in your day that maybe you were unconscious of before and that you just felt was normal but really isn't your normal state and I want us to learn how to undo all these triggers and these traumas that we have so that we can really transform it and get to a place where Yes, maybe it triggers us, but we know now how to work our way through it and we know now what those triggers mean and why they need to show up in our lives in order to transform ourselves. Next week, we're going to take a mini break from all the esoteric um, conversations and get into some more realistic, um, I guess, like challenges or obstacles that kind of show up in our lives and This next episode is going to be a really, really good one because we're going to talk about jealousy and how jealousy shows up for us women, especially. Um, It's going to be a really fun, interesting episode. So I hope you guys tune in for that next Wednesday. And if you really enjoyed this podcast today or you found any sort of value in it, please, please give me a review. I really appreciate a five-star review. If you don't want to give me a review, that is completely fine as well. And if you know someone that might benefit from listening to this episode or might find this episode interesting, please share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, maybe even share it on your Insta story or TikTok. That would be totally appreciated. And last of all, if you have any questions um, or suggestions for any of my future episodes, I do have a link in my show notes um, that you can submit either a question or a suggestion and you just might be featured in one of my future episodes. So that'll be always really fun. And okay, yeah, sorry. Last, last thing is if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I do provide a one-on-one coaching complimentary session. Also link is in the show notes as well. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here. And I will talk to you guys next time.